0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Packet 8 Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day podcast and the Blue Wire Network. 20 minutes a day, 365
2: days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day podcast.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy New Year if you prefer to look at it that way. It is Thursday, September 9th. It is the first day of the new NFL season. Congratulations, everyone. We made it. No more non-football Sundays. We have a football game every Sunday from now until about the end of February. As much as I love baseball and as much as watching the Bucks win the title was fun, we know the deal. This is a football country, and Wisconsin is definitely a football state. Our first favorite sport is football. Our second favorite sport is football, much like Fight Club. That doesn't make much sense. Whatever. I'm not good with it anal- now. They're shaking their heads at me. So I'm your host tonight with the crappy analogies. I'm Jacob Westendorf, and I am joined, as always, by the wonderful Maggie Loney. Maggie, welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that's, that's uh, I guess that's as good as we're going to get tonight, and that's okay. Uh, Jimmy Christensen is with us as well. Jimmy, hello. What is up, sir? Great. Hold on. Yeah, I, I'm not. Saying, I you thought you were going to go back. You said hello. Like so I, like, I thought after I said hi back, you're going to say something else. I got nothing. I, I try in general to not say too much to you. But, you know, that's where we're at at this point. Uh, <laughs> anyways, guys, <laughs> it, is, it is. And I have tried to follow it as much as I can. The problem is we're spending way too much time together because we have way too many things in common in terms of just about everything. Uh, We are less than 10 days away now from Hadley Christensen and Blake Westendorf's birthday, two and or three and two, Mm -hmm. respectively, for those. So that'll be a lot of fun here in a couple weeks. And we're going to see each other here in about 10 days as well. Actually, less than 10 days for that. Now, we are on the anniversary of Aaron Rodgers's first start uh, as a Green Bay Packer. We are recording on the anniversary of Aaron Rodgers's first start. It was a Monday night contest against the Minnesota Vikings, the Vikings before they had Brett Favre. You guys might remember it was an off season, very similar to this one where the, it was very tumultuous. It was a lot of twists and turns. The fan base was divided, all that good stuff. Eventually Mike McCarthy famously says the train has left the station. Brett Favre was traded to the jets and on comes some kid from California named Aaron Rodgers. So what I want to do is take a little stroll down memory lane and see just where you guys were, what you guys were thinking as you gone into the game, everything like that, what what your feelings were towards the Favre situation, if you can remember all of those things. So, Maggie, beauty before age, please, we will start with you. On <laughs> She rolls her eyes at me every time. I'm going to get you to work on compliments, too. You're just going to accept them and say thank you or something instead of rolling Probably your not. eyes at me. Probably not, but I'll try as best I can. That's not going to stop me from making them either, but – Maggie, please lead us off. Where were you? What'd you think of the whole situation? All that stuff.
4: I was 15. um, So I don't honestly remember too much of it. Um, 2008, you know, I was probably like a freshman or sophomore in high school. That would have been right around the start of, you know, that school year. But I mean, I remember enjoying watching football with my dad every Sunday and in that case Monday, but I, don't, I wouldn't say there's any, like, defining moment from that start that stood out to me. I think, like everybody else, everyone was just so sick of what was going on in the offseason that at that point, everyone was ready to move on and, like, see who Aaron Rodgers was and what he could do. And, you know, the one game wasn't necessarily a good litmus test. But if you told any of us, obviously now, looking back 13 years ago, what that would have been like... Um, I think we'd all be pretty happy with it. And I'm, you know, it's going to be fun to kind of see whether Jordan Love is the heir apparent long term starter, what his career trajectory is like. And we can all talk about in a couple of years, maybe where we were uh, for his first start.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be an interesting thing to follow there. I was uh, 16. So I was a sophomore in high school. Or I take that back. I was a junior in high school um, because my last game or Favre's last game was my sophomore year. So I was actually I had you're probably, just turned. You are probably in eighth grade, and I'm bad at math. I just I had just turned 17, so I remember uh, I'm old now, Jimmy. I just turned 30 last week. Shout out Jason Peron. Uh, so I was 17, actually, just newly minted 17, at the time, and my feelings on it were when the whole thing was going back and forth. I wanted Favre to come back. He was my hero. I wanted him to be the quarterback. All that good stuff. But as soon as McCarthy says that the train has left the station. I went out that day and I bought a Aaron Rodgers jersey and that was like my symbolic way of saying, "Okay, that's the team's quarterback. So that is my quarterback. And I went and rode with the team over the player that night. I'm kind of with you, Maggie. I don't remember anything like too specific. I remember being nervous and like hanging on every single throw that he made, just hoping that something good would happen, just so everybody would shut up and leave him alone, essentially, which is probably how I'm going to feel about Jordan Love whenever that time comes. And I remember Will Blackman returning a punt for a touchdown uh, to kind of seal the game there. So that was fun uh, watching that take place. And like you said, it was a Monday night. I remember for some reason Mike Tirico and Tony Kornheiser were announcing those games at that time. And Tirico was awesome. Uh, Tony was Tony. So we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I think that those are kind of my thoughts on, on that situation. And obviously eventually I sided with Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy, you were a little younger than both of us, if memory serves. So same no. as Maggie, I was fifteen. Oh, okay, yeah. so where were you? What were you doing? All that good stuff. Prob,
2: I was at home since it's Monday night. Probably avoiding doing homework. Um, and I just remember honestly the one thing that just stood out. I don't remember anything about the games. I don't know how you remember announcers. I can barely remember things I did today, let alone thirteen years ago. But, um. It, it was weird seeing someone under center besides number 4 like i know that's always going to stand out that's just a weird shift someone i grew up watching now on a different team uh someone that was just had cons- consecutive starts the man was a machine never missed um, and then to have someone else take a snap was just was weird to see but um really that's the only thing that stood out about the game for me 13 years later was just seeing that
3: the passing of the torch like that You talk about it being weird that I remember announcers and stuff. I actually remember you mentioned somebody other than four under center. I remember the promo for Fox because they were doing uh, Packers-Lions was Rodgers' second game as a starter. And it said uh, whoever was quarterback, I think it was Matt Stafford at the time. I don't remember that. But then I remember hearing uh, Rodgers and the Packers and being like, that's weird. I haven't heard that before. Like, I mean, it's always been Brett Favre was synonymous with the Packers. And that was like, okay, this is a real thing, a real passing of the torch. I remember uh, some of that stuff. So it was fun. Obviously, it's been a, a wild ride since then uh, Super Bowl championship, a couple of NFC championship games, and hopefully a, a second championship coming on its way in February. Something that's not going to be on its way before February at a bare minimum is a contract extension for Devontae Adams. Adams met with the media today and was asked if there was any chance of them getting an extension done with him at the 11th hour. He said, no, no chance, no. So very candid, very open. Uh, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on the possibility of this being Adams' is last year in Green Bay? Does this change your opinion on anything like that?
2: Honestly, not it doesn't really change my opinion on it It being his last year in Green Bay. We saw this last year with Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari. Uh, well, I guess Kenny was before the season, but we saw Bakhtiari get signed during the year. So it's not like it's abnormal for them to wait a little bit longer to do it. I know the negotiations definitely seem to be a little more tense than those other situations, speaking about it more publicly. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really change my opinion yet on next year. I think this offseason will, will shine a light on a lot of that, obviously, but... I don't know. I, I try not to think about it too much. I I don't want to I don't want to stress myself out and get bummed thinking we we might lose Rodgers and Devontae next season because then I just might spend this podcast crying instead of talking, which might be good for listeners. Honestly, less less voice for me,
3: just sobs. Normally, I enjoy your tears, like the tears of unfathomable sadness. It's like I'm Eric Cartman and you're uh, Scott Tenorman in this case, but uh, not in this case. I wouldn't. And just to give a little bit of a Some clarity, I guess, on the situation. Tom Silverstein, who's the best guy on the beat for my money's worth, said there's no chance of him signing, Adam signing an extension. Devontae's in the same stalemate as Steelers linebacker TJ Watt. Uh, A source said the Packers won't guarantee years and will only guarantee through a signing bonus. That's their structure that you guys might hear about someone like Andrew Brandt talking about throughout the offseason as the Packers and the way they typically do their extensions and things like that. Maggie, what are your feelings on Adam saying no shot at an extension? And do you think he's around or does this change your thoughts about 2022?
4: I mean, I think his price tag is going to continue to go up after Mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon when, you know, the Saints roll out with. Paulson Adebo or Desmond Trufant opposite Devontae Adams. I, I mean, they literally have three healthy corners right now. I know they signed Bradley Roby today, but he's suspended. Ken Crawley was opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and he's questionable to play. So I think now they're down to actually three healthy corners. So, you know, when Devontae goes for 400 yards by himself and three touchdowns on Sunday, it's going to be the start of, you know, his best career year which I think is still likely regardless but yeah I mean I think it I agree with Jimmy I think it gets done I think this is more public than we're used to seeing but I'm also in agreement with him that I'm not ready to think about any of this in the full last dance sense just because you know there a lot can change during the season and I think even hearing Rogers speak kind of the last couple of weeks things seem like they're closer to maybe mending than we would have thought possible approaching this whole situation a month ago. So maybe it's the same with Adams where all of this will just kind of come to a head midway through the season, right when the season ends. I think Devante stays a Packer.
3: I'm with you guys, Maggie. First of all, I've said this a million times and I know there are people and that includes the great Andrew brant and who am I to disagree with Andrew Brandt? but I'm going to in saying that he says Jordan loves going to play and he's going to play for the Packers. First round picks always play, blah, blah, blah. I just refuse to believe Brian Gutekunst, I think is smart. I think he's proven himself to be smart. And the Packers have proven themselves to be a very good organization over the last 30 years. I refuse to believe that they made a decision on who their starting quarterback is going to be in 2022 on draft night of 2020. And if they did, then everyone involved with that decision needs to be fired. I've said that about a million times over for something like that. But as far as Adam specifically goes, I'm with you guys. I think it's been just more public than what we're used to seeing. We kind of saw this last year with David Bakhtiari. It sounded a little less like with a little less animosity when Bakhtiari did talk about it. But he basically said, like, we're not close. You know, we need to get to a deal. He kind of said the same stuff about I'm not taking any less money, all that good stuff. But When Brian Gutekunst and the Packers in general, Brian Gutekunst, Ted Thompson, et cetera, say, this is an important guy to our team. He's a homegrown player, all that stuff. I have yet to see the Packers try to get a deal done with somebody like that and not get a deal done with that player. So for that reason, I think Devontae Adams stays a Packer. As for Rodgers, like Maggie mentioned, It sounds like things are trending in a positive direction. Maybe I'm just being naive when I think and say stuff like that. That's certainly possible as well, but I don't know. You know, we got a long way to go with that. As Ross Uglum said today for Pack Report, enjoy the ride, because even if some of those guys are back, some guys are not, and this team may not be as good next year as they will be, or we anticipate them being, this year. Speaking of this year, there is a game on Sunday, and it's a regular season game. It counts. The Packers will play the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville, uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of chuckled when they said that the Saints did something because he didn't play very well in Florida and all that stuff. And he kind of said the same thing Andrew Brandt did about how there's always a lot of Packer fans at games in Florida. I think this game's going to turn into Lambeau Field South. The Packers are currently four and a half point favorites as a line has completely flipped since it first came out. It was the Saints minus three. That was when it was unsure whether or not Aaron Rodgers was going to come back, but it's gotten all the way up to four and a half, which means if the game was at Lambeau Field, Vegas pretty much thinks that the Packers are a touchdown favorite type of thing. And they were favored by three-ish once Rodgers came back as well. It's a different year for the Saints. Drew Brees is gone. Jameis Winston is back uh, under center for the Saints now after spending the most of his career in Tampa Bay. The last time we saw Jameis Winston, he threw for 5,000 yards. He also threw 30 interceptions, which is just phenomenal for me to say that. But it's it did happen, and I watched it happen. Uh, The other thing that I do think about the saints team is they could be a bit of a sleeping giant. I think that this roster is talented and I do think there is a world that exists. I'm not saying this is likely, but I do think there's a world that exists where their quarterback situation in 2021 is better than it was in 2020. So since we have their defense now or the Packers defense against the saints offense, Maggie, what's the first thing that pops out when you're looking at this saints offense?
4: Uh, their lack of proven wide receivers to me. I mean, I know last season the Packers were without Devontae Adams week three. The Saints were without Michael Thomas, but Michael Thomas out once again. So you have like Marquez Calloway. Um, you have a couple wide receivers, but there aren't really any blow the top off your defense like a Michael Thomas would. Um, so I think it's Elvin Kamara, right? Like he will end up being the security blanket for Winston throughout the kind of the first quarter of the season until we find out what's going on with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara was a game breaker by himself during that week three game last year against the Saints. And, and I think it's a really good test week one for a Joe Barry defense to see if the tackling has improved, how the middle of the defense is defended. Um, we know how much he utilizes his inside linebackers. So whether it's Chris Barnes or Devondre Campbell wearing the mic, who's out there, You know, kind of as the every down backer, those are the things I'm most looking at is um, can you contain Alvin Kamara? Because if you can, you know, regardless of who the quarterback would have been, I think he's the key to making that offense go.
3: He is the key to making that offense go. And we saw last year maybe him or LeGarrette Blount uh, from 2011. And I know you guys know what play I'm talking about when I say this. I can't decide which play was more embarrassing for as a Packers fan. Uh, I think that the difference this year is that there's just a lot less for the Saints to work with. I think there's a lot of unknown or at least unproven. I think the way Maggie worded that is really well unproven. I if I mean, if I didn't look earlier today, I don't think I could name any of the Saints receivers that are going to play on Sunday. And that's why I ultimately think the Packers are going to win this game is I don't think the Saints are going to be able to, to score enough points to keep up with what green Bay is going to be able to do. And I do have respect for the saints defense. So I don't think the Packers are just going to come out and throw up a 40 burger. Like, you know, they could against a lot of teams because that's the way it could be. They may still end up doing that, but if they do, it's going to be a hard earned 40 points kind of thing and they'll make them work for it. But last year they threw up 37 and they did that without Devonte Adams. So I certainly see why people think that. And as Maggie noted earlier, not a lot of cornerbacks left in in the Big Easy right now. Uh, Bradley Roby is going to play next week. He's not going to play this week. And Desmond Trufant had some family situation, hasn't really practiced a whole lot and didn't make the Chicago Bears defense uh, because of some of those things. But we'll see how all that goes. Jimmy, looking at this Saints offense, do you think there's a possibility – and I know this sounds probably blasphemous because Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but that Jameis Winston could be an upgrade for them in twenty twenty one to what Brees was in twenty twenty.
2: I don't know if upgrade's the right word. I think the biggest difference is it's a it's a player that's Winston's going to take shots down the field. We saw with Brees as he got older, naturally his arm kind of went away. Incredibly accurate hit his, hit his receivers, spread the ball around, but Winston's going to be a person to take those long shots down the field, risk it a little bit more. So there might be some bigger plays. uh, But like Maggie mentioned, they don't have the weapons. They have Callaway who they're hoping to break out, but Callaway's going to be matched up against arguably one of the best, arguably the best corner in the league. If not number one, he's in the top three. Um, So like have fun with their breakout game against that. So up, upgrade's not the word. Really, the only thing is, it's he's a riskier player. You might have a you might have a big play here and there, but the consistent the consistency throughout the game is not going to be there.
1: Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find packer tickets anymore. Because Tick Pick, that's TickPick, that's T I C K P I C K, is the original no fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDSE.
3: I do think it's possible, like I mentioned, that he's an upgrade. You know, the Drew Brees was shot by the end of the year last year. Like, it would never happen, and I don't fault Sean Payton for this because no coach I don't think would ever do it. But I think you're lying if you said you didn't wonder should they put in Jameis Winston over Breeze after they fell behind against Tampa last year and Breeze just couldn't get the ball anywhere. And it was just, what was it? Perry, Perry Goldstein, vanilla pudding, I believe was the yes, way she described it. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. It was shot. It was done. It was gone. And it had been gone and leaving for years. It just really showed up last year, all the respect in the world to Drew Breeze. He played well, uh, all things considered, he played injured, He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but like Jimmy said, there is some more volatility there because he's going to take more risk down the field because he can. He's also got a chance to kind of like farve this thing where he throws three interceptions and keeps both teams in the game. Like he's prone to do. And if he does that against the Packers, they're going to walk over them. But I think that, Sean Payton is going to scheme some stuff up from him. There's going to be some unknowns. And frankly, with Joe Barry's defense, there's going to be some growing pains throughout the course of the season. Because it's a new system, it's a new just way that they're doing everything. There's going to be something different with them. Maggie, outside of the obvious with Alvin Kamara, but what do you think the Packers defense absolutely has to do in order to slow down the Saints offense? I mean, I think a key
4: to this, and it'll be a key for the bulk of the season. It'll be getting pressure on the quarterback. We know the Saints have a pretty good offensive line, one of the better ones in the league. Uh, We know what Jameis looks like under pressure, and when he's got a clean pocket, he can pick his spot on the field and hit his mark. He is an accurate quarterback when he wants to be. I think, you know, improving his eyes uh, with the LASIK has helped quite a bit. Um, You know, I'm happy for him to be able to see because as somebody who cannot see (laughs) it is important for an NFL quarterback but yeah I mean I think that he is better suited now to lead this offense than he could have been two years ago I think he picked the right situation for himself to come and learn behind Drew Brees Um, to me it's also going to be interesting to see kind of what The defense looks like starting week one with Joe Barry. Um, It was Spoon that reported earlier, you know, talking to Jerry Gray that he said that there were three options for the slot on Sunday, whether that's Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, or Shannon Sullivan, who that will be, I think is interesting. And honestly, it wouldn't shock me, I guess, entirely if we see Jair there in some looks kind of shadowing Kamara, because I think, again, he's going to be the key to making that offense go on Sunday. So if you get pressure on Winston, And you can kind of limit Kamara's big play abilities um, or limit his five yard gains turning into 25 yard gains. That's how you win
3: the game. Jimmy, she mentioned pressure on the quarterback. What about on the secondary side of things? What are you looking like? Who's the guy that you're taking away or are you trying to bait Jameis Winston into screwing stuff up? How are you trying to attack this Saints offense from the back end?
2: I think honestly with Winston I don't think you really got to bait him into much. I think he's just going <laughs> to I think he's just going to make those bad decisions on his own as long as you get that pressure on him. I think the big thing here, we had all that hype with Callaway. I think that might be a safety blanket heading into this game because besides Kamara, looking at the wide receivers, he could be the one that Winston looks to the most. So I think maybe taking away that security blanket, but I think in the secondary I don't want to say it's easy. There's nothing easy in the NFL, but this is a good first matchup for them to be under that Joe Barry defense for the first time facing a team that really doesn't have that many weapons um, to catch the ball. So I think as long as they can control, uh, control is not even possible with Kamara, but just limit him and, you know, not miss seven tackles on one play.
3: Uh, I think it should be a pretty decent day. It was pretty good day for the secondary I do, too, and I think that the Packers are going to have some opportunities to make some plays on the ball. Uh, Like we've mentioned, Jameis is – he's Brett Favre. He just – he is. Like, he so badly wants to keep his team in the game but wants to keep your team in the game as well. And he's done a very good job of both of those things throughout his short career. Maybe Sean Payton coaches some of that stuff out of him, but I just don't think you can do that. You know, ultimately – this is a – Hashtag psychology. This is a psychological thing. When you are under pressure, you revert back to your most like inane habits. And Jameis's most inane habits are to be a little careless with the football. So the Packers are going to have a chance at it. So I'm gonna have you guys call your shot. Jameis throws an interception this weekend. We're all in agreement, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Okay. Who gets the first one? Jimmy, I'll let you go first. Oh so glad you picked me first. Um I'm going to go with
2: Darnell Savage. Uh, I think he's just so athletic. He's all over the field. We saw his playmaking ability, especially towards the second end of last season. Uh, So I'm going to go with Darnell Savage on the first interception for the Packers defense.
4: Maggie? My heart wants to say Kevin King because I love a good redemption arc, but I'm going to take Devondre Campbell, uh, tipped ball at the line, and he catches it in the middle of the
3: defense. Curveball. That'll be an interesting one. Okay. I dig that. Uh, I am my bold prediction, which maybe wasn't so bold, but my bold prediction for this particular game in my Game On article that came out on Monday was that Jair Alexander would have two interceptions. So I think he gets two. Uh, and I know that somebody will say, well, they won't throw the ball his way. Well, I saw a couple plays in joint practices where they didn't target him and he still made a play on the ball. He's like unlocking that final. Charles Woodson, and I don't invoke that name lightly at all for anybody that listens to me, but that Charles Woodson like ability to just know where to be and what to do, and the ball finds you kind of thing. And it was, it was something to watch. And I know that's probably a crappy way of explaining it, but you'll see exactly what I mean (laughs) on Sunday afternoon when he does that. Guys, I know we have defense versus offense. Packers-Saints, it's a 325 kickoff on Fox. You have Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, America's Game of the Week. Who wins and your final score, Maggie, first?
4: Um, I think the Packers win comfortably. Um, It won't be comfortably because of the heat, but the score hopefully will not leave anybody sweating on the first game of the season. I'll take, uh, let's say, 35-24 Packers.
3: A double digit win there, Jimmy. Uh, I think
2: I hate saying I don't want to be too confident. This is the thing, like, I feel Wisconsin sports has just traumatized me. I don't want to be overly (laughs) confident in this. Uh, I think the Packers have a really strong first game this season, like they did against the Vikings last year. I'm gonna go with 31
3: 17, Packers 31 17, Green Bay. I do think that the Packers win, I do think they cover the four and a half point spread. The Saints are four and six against the spread in their last 10 season openers or something. I'd have to check with Team Degenerate on that to be 100% sure <laughs> on how that went. But Saints typically haven't played well. And I do think eventually talent wins out in a situation like this. And I know week one can be a little wacky, and I understand that. The Saints, I like I mentioned, they have a talented roster. Their offensive tackle group is probably the best in the NFL at this point. So they're going to be able to protect Jameis enough, I think. But I think the Packers can get just enough pressure with the other guys. So not the edge guys, the Kenny Clarks, the Kingsley Kikis, whether it's Z or Gary or somebody kicking inside and making a big play like that. And I think a big day for Jair Alexander as well. So I think Green Bay wins 31-24 in a game that maybe isn't as close as the final score appears to be kind of thing. It would be a if the Packers were a touchdown favorite, you'd think of this as like a backdoor cover. So I think the Packers win. We're all happy starting 1-0 before the home opener against uh, old friend Jamal Williams and the Detroit Lions next Monday night for the first time that the Packers will have fans in the stands since a divisional playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks, which were all of us there. Maggie, you were, right? I came up to bar hop, but I wasn't at the actual game. What the game? Jimmy, were you in the, we didn't know each other yet, but were you at the stadium for that game? No. Mm-hmm. nope i for some reason i thought we did okay that must be my other podcast partners i don't know but okay one other game is tonight and this will start off the tampa bay buccaneers are facing the dallas cowboys i normally wouldn't talk about it but there is a packers connection uh, mike mccarthy is the coach of the dallas cowboys they were on hard knocks all off season so you guys got to see that and obviously the bucks are the best team in the nfc they're reigning super Bowl champions. I don't need to go through all the crap that happened last year, but you guys understand how they got to the Super Bowl. I think that's fair to assume by this point. So, Jimmy, just real quick before we run out of time here, what do you see from this Bucks and Cowboys game, who wins, why? I think for this one, last year the Cowboys weren't
2: that good with Dak either. So, like people are saying Dak's going to be back, the Cowboys are going to be fine, they're going to be back on track, but before he got hurt, they weren't that good either. So, I don't know. The Bucs didn't have an offseason last year. Somehow they still won the Super Bowl. We know how. Packers lost, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think they come off firing on all cylinders. I hate to say it, but they're a very scary team this year. I think the Buccaneers really win easily. Uh, I'm going to give them 38 to 24. Again, Maggie?
4: Um, I didn't know we had to do scores, but I absolutely think that the Bucs just kind of – you know, manhandle the Cowboys on both sides of the ball. And I think it's going to be a tough outing for Mike McCarthy, which is unfortunate, but, you know, giving him a second year to kind of get his offense under him with a healthy deck, you know, we'll see what that looks like. He's got his weapons on offense. Um, And then Dan Quinn is defensive coordinator. I think that's going to be interesting to see what he can do with the defense who, Honestly, if you look kind of at the roster, it doesn't necessarily have anybody significantly jumping out as like a, a stud on the defensive side of the ball right now. So, yeah, I think the offense is going to have to carry the Cowboys, but, you know, maybe a sneaky wild card for them. But I don't think they win the division.
3: And I think the Bucks kind of run away with uh, the NFC South. Now, that would be I, I do agree that the Bucks win the NFC South and by a rather decent margin. I do think the Saints will keep it close by the end of the year. Find out why in my article for Packer Report that comes out on Friday. Self-promotion there. I think the Bucks win. I do think that it's one of those games where they jump out to a big lead. But if I were betting and the reason I'm not betting on this game is one, I would never condone anything that was be considered less than legal. But number two, the Bucks are favored by seven and a half points and the Cowboys are a team that is perfectly capable of a backdoor cover. And being down by 21, the Bucks stop caring, run, 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 punt. And all of a sudden, it's a seven-point game, and the Bucs are able to kneel at the clock when the Cowboys can't recover an onside kick, which makes sense. Uh, I'm not rooting for Dallas because I'm never rooting for the Cowboys. Because, duh, that's almost out of principle. That being said, I don't hate Mike McCarthy. I know a lot of people in Packers universe does. I don't understand that uh mccarthy did nothing but give his entire heart and soul to this packers organization uh maybe you disagree with a few things and i do agree at the end of his tenure in green bay he wasn't a good coach for this team anymore i do think there was a time when he was a good coach and he was part of the reason they won a super bowl in 2010 with 15 guys on injured reserve but i will get off my soapbox about mike mccarthy because that's fine i think the bucks win tomorrow night or yeah the bucks win tomorrow night and we are out of time For this episode, thank you guys for listening and follow at Packaday Podcast, Uh, like, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. Make sure you let them know that your Thursday crew is your favorite crew, which is brought to you by me. I am at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Catch me on Tuesday nights with Jimmy Christensen, Todd Varney, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling talking all things Packers and evidently what Kenny Clark is better than MVS at. And if you don't <laughs> know what he said on that, go to Twitter at game W I Maggie, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week
4: for Cheesehead TV. Um, you can also catch me on Thursdays doing the Packs of She Said podcast with Perry Goldstein. Um, we have the live show coming out on Tuesday, the 14th, uh, 6 p.m. Central Time. And then two weeks from now, you can catch me on Sunday with Jacob and Jimmy in Green Bay at the distillery because I will be there.
3: Hell oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so that's good to know. <laughs> Poor Maggie. I just booked my a- hotel. Today was the first day of the semester for her, so she's having a rough go, Jimmy. Be nice. Jimmy, where can we find you?
2: Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. I'll save you the spiel. If you follow me there, you'll see all of my stuff. I've gotten so sick of listing it all off. Pack Report, Lombardi's Bar, Pack a Day, Game On, all that stuff. Follow me
3: so there you have that, Jimmy. You can find him at Jimmy underscore C08, Maggie at Maggie Jaloney and me at Jacob Westendorf. Until then, we are here next week. The next time we'll talk, there will be a game in the books, and we'll be talking about the Packers and Lions with your 1-0 Green Bay Packers. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening, and go Packo.